everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Daniel. I'm Matt. And this week, we do the other side of the ball, take a look at the defense, and also, you know, talk about the hurricane that happened and uh, the TV announcements. Basically, a lot more happened this week than it felt like. Yeah. Yeah, so start off, I guess. Let's start with the the scheduled TV announcements. Uh, Evan, what does that look like this year? Yeah, I think, honestly, it looks pretty good this year in terms of, like, being able to stream everything for relatively cheap. We got Southern Miss, Houston Baptist, UTEP, UTSA, Rice, and FIU are all going to be on either ESPN3 or Plus. So for ESPN uh, Plus, it's just five bucks a month. And I think all of them are going to be on ESPN3 as well. So if you already have ESPN through your uh, cable provider, you'll already get those games included in your normal package. Um, Marshall and North Texas are going to be on CBS Sports Network, which is a little bit harder to get, but there's several uh, streaming options for that, um, including I think I think you can even get it through CBS All Access, which may be like $6 a month or something like that. So um, I'm not exactly sure, but we'll figure all that out closer to the season and then uh uab and ulm are both going to be on stadium which is free and i think they do twitter and or facebook streams for those so uh stadium i get over the air on my little antenna though so i mean if you've got an antenna and you live close enough to a city you'll be able to watch those ones actually on your tv without doing some like random pirate nonsense yeah and usually they have a stream on their website as well for stadium so yeah i mean i'm a little disappointed in this this feels like a normal year schedule where okay yeah we're on the the third rate fourth rate networks but i mean who knows maybe one of these espn plus games gets flexed into espn 2 or espn u because there aren't any other games happening and so might as well put them on the larger network yeah i think that's what happened with the marshall game um coming up this weekend I want to say it was originally going to be an ESPN three game, but they bumped it to ESPN two in prime time. So that could happen, you know, and the Baylor game is still to be determined both for kickoff time and for uh, the network it's going to be on. I assume it'll be on the big 12 network, right? That's a thing. It is. Uh, or the Longhorn the network. Longhorn. Yeah. I, Longhorn. I think it's a Longhorn network. Huh? I don't know. We'll, we'll see about that. And that's our first game and we don't know yet, but yeah, all the game times are out too, which uh, we didn't, put in the notes but it seemed pretty good to me uh everything seemed to be later in the evening like six o'clock kickoffs which is nice because of you know last year people almost died on the 140 degree turf or whatever (laughs) uh, a couple times so one thing that stood out to me was that we're playing uab on halloween and that kickoff is at 2 30 it's just like lamb come on do a night halloween game guys what are you doing but i guess you know maybe we Maybe our costume could be beating them for the first time in two, three years. <laughs> yeah, spooky. Yeah, I mean, my worry, yeah, I think what the worry with that is, is that if you have it be a night game, especially if fans are in attendance, then families won't come because they're doing trick or treating with their kids or whatever. I think yeah. the game will be horrific enough. <laughs> House of Horrors. Uh, yeah, speak, speaking of fans being allowed into the stadium, um, there's some news on that front. Not all of the ticketing and uh, percentages have been announced yet, but um, I think they announced something for the ULM game in Shreveport, right, Nathan? 
Yep. Yeah, it has nothing to do with how many fans are allowed in or anything, but at least you know how much it would cost to get in if you're allowed to be. At Independence Stadium, Independence where the Independence Bowl was this past year in Shreveport, Tech is playing ULM the Saturday before Thanksgiving. Uh, they announced the ticket prices. They'll range from $10 for students. There are some students that will get free tickets, but for the most part, students will spend $10 to get a ticket, and then $40 are the most expensive option. That's if you're a non-LTEC, non-season ticket holder, and that's for the chair backs in the stadium. Uh, the season ticket holders and LTEC members can buy tickets starting September 1st, and then the general public on sale is September 15th. It's kind of interesting still. We don't know how many tickets they'll be able to sell or fill up that stadium with. So maybe I'm not sure if it's first come, first serve when it comes to like canceling ticket orders, if like only 20% of the stadium is usable or, or whatever. Um, But yeah, at least they've announced the pricing and the schedule for being able to buy those tickets. Cause I imagine you'd rather have people buy tickets ahead of time and then dwindle that down than only sell 20% of a stadium. And then a week before say, Oh wait, no, we have all these tickets left Yeah, since we can go up to 30% or whatever. Yeah. And and what we're seeing with, with the Joe is that they're going to wait as long as they possibly can. You know, a lot of other, colleges and pro teams and everything have already said what they're doing as far as their first game, but tech's first home game isn't until September 26th. Right. So uh, that's, that's still about a month away now. So a lot can happen between now and then in terms of, you know, what the capacity they feel comfortable with is going to be. So obviously they haven't made that decision about the uh, independence bowl game or the independent stadium game either yet, but I would expect them to hold out as long as they can in terms of um, giving people refunds or uh, all that sort of thing, especially because we're seeing them do that with regular tickets at the Joe too. Yeah, absolutely. And that money, if the game is canceled or you don't meet the cut of whatever percentage, they sold too many tickets, whatever, then that money can be uh, refunded or put towards 2021 season tickets or LTAC contributions or whatever. Uh, It sounds pretty flexible, but I mean, who knows how this will go down, I think is really the biggest thing is it feels weird to to actually have these plans in place and, and dollar amounts in place when it's still a huge question mark what things are going to look like a couple months from now. Yeah, and I think for me personally, the the big question mark is like I could go ahead and buy season tickets now, but I know that even if they're going to let fans in a month from today, I'm almost certainly not going to feel comfortable going to that game. So, like, I wouldn't get a refund if they allow, you know, 25% of fans and I'm one of those fans that gets to go, but I'm still not comfortable with going. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how many people actually show up too. like, um, I don't know if you guys caught the the first college football game of the year last I night, did. But, yeah. The uh, first play was a 75 yard run for a touchdown. Yeah. And then nothing happened the whole rest yeah. of the game, basically. Yeah. But um <laughs> But they, they kept saying 2,000 fans, 2,000 fans. And I don't I don't know. I don't think there were it, more it than – It didn't look more than maybe 1,200 at most. Yeah, I mean maybe 1,200 fans in there. Uh, and they, they seemed to be doing social distancing pretty well. They were showing crowd shots and, you know, people sit with their families, but, you know, seven, eight rows away from the nearest other groups. So, I mean, it, it'll be really interesting to see how this plays out across all of college football, not just tech, but, you know, everywhere. I really think that if games are going to be socially distanced like that, it'll be fine. I mean, I'm completely comfortable with the idea of showing up in my mask, going through a gate, 
and going up to, I mean, let's face it, games don't really sell out anyway. So if they're going to actually do it distanced, I already know exactly where I would go. I would just go all the way into the corner and uh, I'd be fine. I think, yeah. I mean, I, I'd feel, com- I am 100% comfortable going to a sporting event if it's distanced. If not, hell no. And, and it's football, so it's outside. Exactly. Places, including the Joe. I mean, the issue yeah. is things like bathrooms or right. concessions. Yeah. Yeah. And there are things they're trying to do to alleviate that because the last few times I went to a tech football game, concessions lines were um, <laughs> a struggle. And so there's talk of doing like grab and go things or like mobile ordering or whatever, which there are ways to do this, but there's so many things that have to be done correctly that. I wouldn't feel comfortable going to the first game, but hearing about how it went, I think I'd be more comfortable moving forward again because it's outside and everything. I would just make sure I use the bathroom before I head over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. And so the last thing to talk about here before we get into the defensive preview is Hurricane Laura, which it's not often that Rustin gets very much impacted by a hurricane, but that's pretty much exactly what happened. Isn't that right, Evan? Yeah, um, Daniel here was actually in Ruston when it barreled through. So I don't know if you have any thoughts about like how severe it was. I mean, oh, uh, for the most part, while I was sitting inside, it didn't you know seem that bad. It was just really windy, like hurricanes are. Um, after after it was all over with, I went and drove around town, and there was some significant damage to a few buildings here and there. But for the most part, it was just some down trees and loss of power and minor damage to a lot of buildings. I can't speak for people's homes, so don't quote me saying that it wasn't bad. It was definitely bad, but... Um, you should cut it towards... Cut it towards us, it's bad. Uh, <laughs> uh, the whole town lost power. Originally, they quoted 24 hours or something like that, but now it was pushed back to like four days till Tuesday. Boo. So, um, yeah, I actually ended up leaving after that, so I'm here in Texas with Evan, but... Um, so, so yeah, overall, it, it could have gone better. It could have gone worse, for sure. Yeah, and, and I mean, as far as the team is concerned, I mean, I, I think, you know, they took Thursday off because that's obviously when it was coming in um, and making its impacts felt. But uh, Corey Diaz had an article in the News Star about um, how on Friday when they returned to practice, up to like 30 members of the team and coaches didn't have power still at their homes. So a lot of the players were actually just like camping out in the deck, just like staying, <laughs> staying there, you know, in the weight room or, or wherever. And then they quoted Trey Baldwin as uh, saying that he had, he's been reheating leftovers from his fridge on his charcoal grill. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cool or funny or whatever. I, I don't know, but you know, just, uh, and, and Skip was talking about the logistics of trying to feed a hundred players when nowhere in town has uh, power. It's so like even a lot of the restaurants don't have power. So it's kind of like, what the hell are we supposed to do? But um, Daniel, Daniel did say that uh, campus didn't really have any damage. No, campus tell, right? looked fine. There were some minor, very small, recently planted trees had been blown over, but it, there didn't look like there was any real property damage to any of the buildings. So I think campus made it out a lot we will re- we, it. we will rebuild. Did you happen to see like the baseball stadium and stuff? Did anything um, look no, up? it looked, looked fine to me. Okay. So uh, I don't think that's going to delay yeah. the uh, the the building process at all. Maybe maybe a few days because of loss of power if that affects it at all. But it's not. We're not going to see a significant backlash from the storm on that front. Cool. 
Yeah, and there are definitely parts of Louisiana, like you said, parts of Ruston, but also the rest of the state that has gone through a lot from oh, yeah, this storm. So not to down like, and that's not what you were doing, but like not to downplay this at all because oh yeah, you, you can see some pictures of uh, the Lake Charles area, especially. Well, hurricanes aren't funny. It's yeah. it's good to understand that uh, yeah. Ruston made it out pretty well, comparatively speaking. So we, we can be thankful for that. Every time there's a hurricane. Everyone at work or everyone who knows me. Is your family okay? Yes, I assure you everyone in Shreveport is doing fine. Yeah, and that's I think that's what's the craziest about this one is like it, it was went to the a, east. Yeah, it was it was to the west. Yeah, it, it was kind of a once in a generation thing Lake as Charles far thing. as how far inland it came. Like insane. Like a category inland. one in Ruston and Shreveport is like that's unheard of. Normally they're down to like depression status yeah. by then. Yeah, it was. Or, um, yeah, exactly. It was weird. Yeah. So I, I know there was a, a hotel in Ruston that got really messed up, but I, I don't think anybody was injured uh, from what I saw. But, you know, hopefully everybody everywhere in the state yeah. was, you know, safe and, and, you know, can rebuild. I know McNeese is down there in the Lake Charles area. So um, hopefully they're doing all right, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I guess. There's no real easy way to transition from that to to defense, but we'll go ahead and do it the transition this way, where I just say that they were transitioning to the defensive preview. And the first things first is that David Blackwell is the new defensive coordinator. He comes to Tech from Old Dominion. Uh, I know on the Bleed Tech Blue radio show this past week, uh, they were talking about him a little bit, and he was saying that uh, Blackwell will probably call more blitz packages than Diaco ever did. Diaco's whole thing was the bend, don't break thing, right? We yeah. talked about that a lot earlier before last year and, and throughout the season a little bit too. But uh, also they'll be returning more to a 4-3, which is good because Willie Baker gets to be a defensive end again. Yes. Yay. Dear God. <laughs> Please. Yeah, I guess that transitions into talking about the defensive line then. <laughs> Can we please get Hawaii game Willie Baker back? <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. That's all I want in life, basically, right now. Especially yeah. because what we lost on the defensive line, Courtney Wallace, the defensive tackle, has gone to graduation. Uh, LaDante Davenport, Kadarion Mason, Kevin Murphy, all those guys have lost to graduation. Tech did bring in a grad transfer from Texas. It's also some true freshmen in Ben Bell, Dontrell Cobbs, and Keon. Cavanta? Kavianta Spears. We'll have to look at pronunciations later, I guess. But again, still here on the defensive line, Tristan Allen, Willie Baker, hey, Michael Clark, Deshaun Hall, DJ Jackson. Here are the parts where we'll say names you may not have heard of. Uh, Eric Kenzior, Calvin Rines, Kiwi Rose, Stephen Shaw, Chris Spence, Malik Wells, and maybe you have heard of this one, Milton Williams. Yeah, hey, I know, I know Kenzior. He's going to be one of our starters, so I, I know who he is. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, of, of those names you said, I mean, Milton Williams is going to be a mainstay on this defensive line. Last year, he started all 13 games, and he's one of the two, you know, quote-unquote starters that we're getting back. We lost nine starters. You keep hearing that from Skip and Blackwell and just about wait, wait, everybody. Lost nine starters where? Like, t- like on-, on defense. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but But – Ben was quick to point out on the radio show the other night that, yeah, we lost nine starters, right? But, but like guys in yeah, other rotation that we'll talk about in a minute, like, like BJ Williamson started four games last year, right? He played in all 13. Jaden Cole played in eight or nine games last year and started a few. So, like, 
yeah, we we lost the starters. We we lost a bunch of players, right? When you talk about Courtney Wallace and Kadarian Mason specifically on defensive line, I mean those are those are starters, right? But defense, you play in rotations, right? So so like you said, Matt, we're gonna get we're getting guys back that have a lot of uh, playing time. That's what it's all about. Yeah, and Milt Williams especially. Uh, Corey Diaz again, the new star of the Monroe newspaper, had an article out this week. Uh, talking about Williams stepping up as a leader on the defense, which is good to hear when most of the leaders on the defense went out the door this past yeah. offseason. Um, but like like you said, he showed his talent last year with the stats he put up with the 59 tackles, nine tackles for loss. Was it 5.5 sacks as well? Um, yeah, he actually led the team in sacks. So. Yeah, and it's nice to see him taking over as a leader on the defense, especially with all the seniors going out the door. Yeah. Milton Williams is a defensive tackle. The defensive end that we have coming back is Willie Baker, who again was line, playing outside linebacker last year, but played should be in air quotes because he was not doing a very good job of playing offensive line or outside yeah. linebacker. I mean, he just looked like a fish out of water, you know, trying to drop back in coverage. It's just like, ah, uh, man, I get that you play three, four Diaco, but, uh. <laughs> which is why it's weird to me that he was named preseason first team all conference on the defensive line. Like he yeah, looked okay in Hawaii in the Hawaii game in that season. Oh, he, looked, he looked phenomenal in the Hawaii game. Yeah, you know, I, I mean that he was going to steal the sack record <laughs> <laughs> away from Jay Ferg. Yeah, I mean that that was an understatement on my part. But outside of that game, he hasn't shown much to make yeah. me as hopeful as the voters of the All Conference team are about him. Um, again, we saw that one amazing game against Hawaii in the 2018 bowl game, but. The other guy was Jalen Ferguson, like you said, Daniel. And when Jalen Ferguson's the other guy rushing the quarterback, you yeah. make sure that the the running back picks him up off the blitz or or whatever. Like it doesn't really matter if you're sending all eleven people; you're sending three people to block Jalen. Um, so I mean, maybe Willie Baker isn't who he's hyped up to be, right? Because I I, I feel like I need to see proof for this because it, I don't know. Just all conference to me seems like a huge stretch this early um and if he had played defensive end last year and played well then then maybe but i feel like everyone's saying oh well he was in a bad position last year he'll be back to being great this year when uh i I don't know that feels really optimistic overly so um but then again he'll prove me wrong this week or next week and get five sacks in waco so (laughs) i do feel like at the very least we're going to see a big improvement out of him from last year since he's back at his more natural position because you know last year he was he was definitely struggling a bit playing a position that he's not acquainted with and so you know i feel like he's definitely going to step up and be at least a factor in the defense because last year at times he felt like he wasn't even playing because you didn't hear his name called once and i'd like to see that change this year and i feel like it will you heard his name called but it was for like blown coverages for running back side (laughs) of the backfield yeah i feel like if we've got him going after the quarterback he will at the very least be putting pressure on him and we will hear his name called in a more positive manner well let's not get started talking about quarterbacks (laughs) (laughs) uh nathan do you have anybody that we should look out for as far as the newcomers yeah, the guy who I have is uh, Kiwi Rose. I think I have that pronunciation right, but we'll have to see. He's a redshirt that's freshman. I, that's what I've been saying in my head, too. So. Okay, yeah. Kiwi Rose. Um, he's from Henderson, Texas. He was a three-star recruit before coming to Tech. He had offers from Oklahoma State, Boise State, Texas Tech, and a few others. Um, and then Corey Diaz went out to a couple of the practices, again, 
Ben Carlisle from Blue Tech Blue has gone to all of them. So yeah, there's a lot more on Blue Tech Blue that we can't talk about here. But uh, Diaz mentioned that he basically recovered a fumble and ran 40 yards for a touchdown in practice the other day. Remember, this is a defensive lineman doing this. Yeah. Uh, so that that shows a big boy touchdown is always fun to watch. So I understand why it made the the story for the new star. But with a year with a lot of turnover, especially on the defensive line, I think Rose has a good chance to make a huge impact, whether or not he starts or just a rotational guy. I mean, just from that one play that tells me the guy's fast and a fast defensive lineman is scary. Yeah, uh, I, I really think you should also keep your eyes out for Deshaun Hall. He's a true sophomore because last year he got on the field. He was good enough to get on the field in eight games. So they burned his uh, freshman redshirt season um, by putting him on the field in eight games. His best game came against North Texas when he posted four solo tackles, one tackle for loss, and forced a fumble in that blowout win we had at the beginning of November before, you know, Jamar smoked pot or whatever. I don't know. Um <laughs> He'll be eager to uh, continue raising his profile this season, and he could be poised for a breakout year. And, you know, I'm hoping we'll see him uh, maybe even in a starting role um, at, at Baylor to start out the season. But he's definitely going to be in the mix and, uh, and rotating in and out anyway with some of these other guys we're talking about. So uh, Deshaun Hall at the defensive end position. Yeah, and one more before we move to linebackers, and that's uh, Gerald Wilbin. Uh, he played in 36 games, mostly as kind of a depth rotational guy for the Longhorns. Uh, he comes to Tech as a grad transfer, and so that always sounds like fun. Grad transfers usually do good things at Tech. And uh, he's got some academic smarts to him, too. Uh, again, grad transfer. So he's in grad school at Tech, and he made the academic All-Big 12 and Big 12 Commissioner's Academic Honor Roll on multiple occasions. So this guy did come here to play school. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to see what he'll do uh, as well in the rotation because, you know, 36 games is a lot of games. Uh, it's not quite 63, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> eventually I'll stop mentioning that. Yeah, so, so what do we have uh, moving back a little bit to the linebackers? Unless, uh, Matt, Daniel, you guys got any more thoughts on the defensive line? It sounds like the defensive line is going to be one of those positions that we're all going to take a vested interest in this season. Just the way, I mean, I don't know a lot about the, I'm be the first to admit, I don't know a lot about the players that we have on defense. I'm an offense guy. I obsess over that and really just the, the skill positions. But it sounds like our defense, in spite of losing nine starters, however you want to, however you want to look at that, uh, it sounds like it's going to be an exciting thing to watch this year, especially at the front. Oh, I'm definitely looking forward to it, and I'm excited to see what we can get out of the new guys coming in. Um, it, it could be, could very well be a good year from, from what I'm seeing right here. Yeah, and there's a lot of talent on the defensive line. I think that's there's a few positions like this on this team where like you don't really know who's going to stand out or who's going to play really well or start or make the two deep or whatever, but there are enough good players that one of them will stand out or defensive line, four of them will stand out and, and play well on that defensive line. It's just a matter of who it will be. Uh, Gerald Wilbin came to tech because he wasn't starting at Texas and thought maybe he can start at tech and he was good enough to make the Texas team and play in games there, but he may not be the most talented guy on the defensive line for tech. There may be someone who are, he's bumped back to be a second string, which again, will play, because it's not just you have your starters out the other out there the entire time, but I mean, who knows? I think that's what's exciting to me about the defensive well, yeah. line is that there's just a bunch of question marks and nobody knows. Yeah, imagine having depth at a position at Tech. 
that's that's a, that's an, an interesting thought. An interesting thought. You know, not not knowing really does scare the shit out of me, though. It, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's very worrying because even though I see we we've got good talent on the line, the losing nine starters is something to worry about for sure. Oh, don't worry, kid. You weren't here in 2012. <laughs> yeah. And if you're scared of losing people, let's talk about the linebackers that Tech lost this year. <laughs> yeah. We have Colin, Connor Taylor, Colin Scott, Randy Hogan, uh, Jacorian Andrews, and Reggie Cleveland all gone. The first three are due to graduation. Andrews transferred, and I guess Cleveland is a guy we just have no idea. He's no longer on the roster. Fun yeah, times in Cleveland again. <laughs> let, me, uh, let me preface this by saying uh, the, the Tech roster is questionable at best sometimes so we kind of you know scoured the 2019 and 2020 rosters to try to see who left and everything but uh not exactly sure what happened to some people maybe they're just you know their their page is being updated when i looked at it so if reggie cleveland is still on the team i do deeply apologize to him and his family for the uh for the uh, disrespect i've showed him um i will not (laughs) and i'm sure he rocks uh, yeah. also oh, and- no, come on. <laughs> Tech also gained a few transfer no, linebackers. Just stop. No, nope, I'm leaving. Nope, I'm, no. <laughs> the show's over. It's done. No, please, please continue. Okay. The Tech gained some transfer linebackers as well um, to make up for those lost guys. They're uh, Levi Bell, Jordan Dickey, and Cody Fulp, and then some true freshmen. True. Freshman, I don't have to say freshmen's, it's already plural, with Tyler yes. Grubbs, Joseph Mason, and Kershawn Fisher. And then again, still here, still kicking it around, are Trey Baldwin, Zeke Barnett, Maki Carabin, Alan Walker, Isaiah Winman, Curry Morrison, and Alex Zaid, or Zaid, or something. Again, Zaid? I don't know. I no idea. But yeah, clearly, uh, when you lose Connor Taylor, Colin Scott, you're going to have some new faces getting significant playing time because those guys were on the field like all the time last year. So who who's going to step up? That's kind of my biggest question. Maybe even, well, I don't know that the defensive backs are a question mark too, but I think the linebacker production is going to be interesting to see that play out because I mean, really you've got a couple guys who are pretty obvious starters in Zeke Barnett and uh, Trey Baldwin. But other than that, it's kind of like, uh, what's going to hey, happen here? Real, real fast. Zeke Barnett. Uh, I hope, I hope he listens because he retweeted and favorited a tweet of mine whenever he got the pick six off. I think it was Jack Abraham. Oh yeah, that was him. Yeah, yeah. He got a pick six off Jack Abraham, and uh, I don't know what I said exactly, but he retweeted and favorited it. So nice. please be my friend. <laughs> Shout out Zeke Barnett then. And and Zeke played in all thirteen games last year. And had four starts at linebacker. So he's not a, a, a what starter. Year is he? So he's not one of the, the two starters that's returning, I don't think. He's but a right. senior, think. Yeah. If this is senior year, watch him just act a fucking donkey. <laughs> yeah, he he's a redshirt senior. Yeah. Yeah, this is it for him. He's going to go out there and act a donkey. I mean, and he's, he's played in 36 games. So, like, when Ben says, hey, don't buy into the hype of losing nine starters, that's what he's talking about. Like, this, this guy's played in 36 games over the last three years, including all 13 last year. So, um, yeah, and he did have one touchdown last year. So I remember it well. <laughs> and then the other guy we talked about a second ago, Trey Baldwin, he also played in all 13 games, another redshirt senior, and had two starts last year. So, I mean, they're a starting experience on this team, even if 9 of 11 
starters left because both statements are true. Uh, between Trey Baldwin and Zeke Barnett, there were 99 tackles between the two of them last season. I mean, those stats can only go up from here, especially because they're both presumptive starters. I can't imagine them not starting. Yeah. But you have three linebackers that play at a time, and then you also have backups and stuff. So, so Evan, who do you see as else contributing that maybe we haven't heard of before? Yeah, I think I think there's a couple guys that I've seen as kind of standouts so far in camp. Uh, the first one is... Mackie Carabin, I guess is how you say his name, but uh, he, he's a redshirt freshman. And both according to Ben and according to uh, the coaching staff and Corey Diaz's articles, he's really showing out so far in camp. Uh, David Blackwell has him mostly working with the ones as an inside linebacker with Trey Baldwin. So um, he he's really one of those guys that's kind of showing up to practice and and they're just he's demanding those starter minutes right in practice so uh barnett has even taken notice saying he's a smart football player he's athletic and i think he'll be a great player and says that he just needs to keep learning the defense and getting more comfortable with himself uh but he's 100 percent capable of doing that so those words coming from your senior you know redshirt senior presumptive starter at at inside linebacker are pretty huge so yeah the the other guy who i've got my eye on is a uh, cody fulp he's a transfer from nice um he does need to get a waiver from the ncaa to play this year or else he'll have to sit it out and he'll be able to play next year but he's a middle linebacker he played all 12 games and started all 12 games for the cowboys last year he was second on the team with 83 tackles he had a pretty interesting transfer history uh he went to north texas out of high school he redshirted then he went to navarro junior college then McNeese, and now Tech. So he spent a year at each of those schools and has only stayed at each of those schools for one year. So he's been all over the place, well-traveled, I guess is is the way to put it, but curious to see if he can make an impact at Tech that he wasn't at those other places. Yeah, so he he still got two years to play, even though he's been to, uh, what, three, four different different schools now. That's ridiculous. Yeah, so um, I would think he's going to get a waiver. I'm not sure about the wide receiver from Tennessee, Jared Means, that we talked about last week, but uh, Cody Fault, I, I mean, McNeese, I think, got hit with some sanctions or something. So normally the NCAA will let people transfer for free when that happens, but maybe his like uh, his history of transferring every year will work. Against <laughs> I, I don't know. So we'll, we'll see on him, but um, hopefully he'll get in because I think. At this position, we can use as much depth as we can get after losing so much production to graduation. And we lost <laughs> even more to injury now. Uh, Kerry Morrison, who he's on the roster as a defensive back. I think last year he was on the roster as a linebacker. Um, and I think it was expected for him to play a linebacker. He tore his ACL last week. Uh-huh. And so uh, another guy who probably would have been able to play offensive I keep thinking off- the OLB stands for offensive linebacker, and that makes no sense. <laughs> that sounds like a fun thing to play. Yeah, offensive <laughs> linebacker sounds amazing. Yeah, probably, he probably would not have started, but he probably would have gotten some reps and uh, some playing time at outside linebacker. <laughs> offensive linebacker. Uh, yeah, I just I can't stop. It's harder to play outside linebacker with a torn ACL. So Poor guy. He's, uh, he won't be able to do that this year, maybe next year. Yeah, and then also, not quite sure on this one yet, but Isaiah Windman, who was probably going to be in the two deep at linebacker, tweeted some cryptic things about decisions last week, and now he's no longer listed on Tech's roster. So 
not sure what happened there, but uh, he, he may have decided to, to pack his things and move on. And, you know, if, if that's the case, um, you know, wish the best to him. But uh, he could still be on the team. And if that is the case, then I also wish the best to him. So really just good luck, Isaiah Winman, with wherever your life is taking you right now. You're such a good, ba- such a good friend, Evan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we were talking about him. Uh, Evan and I were a couple of days ago, or maybe yesterday. Time is bleeding together, and yeah. uh, mentioned the fact he wasn't on the roster anymore. And so I figured I'd Google his name and get his player page. And you Google his name, first result is the LaTeX Athletics page. They have one for each of Tech's players. But you go to open it up, and it's a 404 error on the website. And they have like past players. They have people who transfer out. It's not like they delete these pages, but for whatever reason. Yeah, women has a just has a straight up erased off, <laughs> yeah, off the website. But also the uh, we mentioned earlier, um, Zayed or Zayed or whatever his name is. He left the team because he graduated and got a really really good job offer apparently. Oh, uh, but then That's good. I guess due to maybe due to COVID, he's able to like work from home or something, so he can still play. <laughs> What? <laughs> so like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know all the details of. The, uh, he's not currently listed on the roster, but apparently he has been in practice because he was mentioned in a, in a new star article. So like, uh, I, I don't know what's going on with him, but yeah, you know, cool. That's cool, fun, I guess. So I he's guess. also in the mix at linebacker, maybe if he's here, or you know, maybe he's working for some other company somewhere. Start throwing his briefcase at players. <laughs> <laughs> but what happens mid-season when he's asked to come back into the office? Does yeah, it just leave? Well, yeah, we'll have to see. I guess I don't know. That's when that's when the reason by Hobostank starts playing again. <laughs> yeah, I, I do want to see him take the field and like khakis and a nice button down. <laughs> <laughs> the keys to his Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <laughs> he's not getting enough starting time, so he's asking for a promotion. Speaking of getting promotions, uh, who did we lose from the defensive backs? Yeah, we have LeJarrius Sneed and Amik Robertson. They got promoted to the NFL, I guess, if that's where you were going with that's that. That's what I was going for. You picked uh, that. That was, I had no idea where you were going with that. Yeah, then we have some other people. We also lost to graduation who just were promoted to, I guess, the real world. And Michael Sam, Aaron Robertson, Ooh. Trey Spencer, I guess the third of the Spencer brothers, right? It's He's related yeah. to y'all, right? Then um, the sixth of the... <laughs> that's a lot of us, man. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Ethereum Kitchen, he uh, transferred to Georgia State. Then we also have Daryl Lewis and James Jackson also graduating. Um, Tech groups all their defensive backs together, whether they're cornerbacks or safeties or in Legereus Needs case, both, I guess. So (laughs) this may get a little confusing as when we say we lost all these guys, but that's spread out across four positions. Speaking of Sneed, he uh, his promotion took him three miles away from my house because that's where Chiefs Stadium and practice field is. Uh, I need to get his jersey. Yeah. Yeah. No, and apparently he's been like, I- I've seen La Tech Report retweet a lot of stuff from Kansas City's like official account while they're in, in uh, fall camp. And apparently Sneed is, is, you know, raising some eyebrows, turning some heads over there. So look I'm for really, him to get in the mix here. I'm really glad to hear that. Season. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a lot of people we lost specifically from the cornerback position. I mean, Sneed was a safety his um, senior season, right? But I think so. Yeah, so so you mentioned all those guys we lost, Nathan, but we did also gain a bunch. We got Khalil Ladler, who's a safety from Virginia Tech. 
DJ Brown, a cornerback from uh, Penn State, transferred in. Daylit, uh, oh wow, Dallas, that's where I live. <laughs> Dallas. Dallas. Taylor Cortez, uh, a cornerback from Iowa Western Community College, who originally. Oh, hey, that's in uh, Council Bluffs. I know where that is. Uh, I'm a man of culture. Deep ties to Council Bluffs, <laughs> Iowa? Uh, well, my. My uh, my uncle lived there briefly while he was an electrician, and I was going to apply for a job in the administration office at Iowa Western CC. Oh wow! You may have, you, if you had gotten that job, you may have come across this guy Dallas and been, Taylor Cortez and been best friends. Yeah. Uh, before he went to Iowa Western, he was uh, at Iowa State for a season and redshirted there. Um, and then, as far as freshmen, we have a bunch. Eric Barnes, Jamison Kelly, Tyler Mansfield, Taz Marshall, and Cedric Woods. So clearly they made this a uh, they made the secondary a priority in the incoming class of 2020 here. We're also seeing Legarius Sneed and Amik Robertson, both standout college players, uh, graduate and go to the NFL from tech. This might be one of the uh, DBU, baby. Yeah, DBU, Louisiana Tech. It might be one of uh, a really attractive place for a freshman. Uh, uh, defensive backs to come to come. I'm play. all for that. And, and you see that in in two uh, power five transfers. And these guys, like like both of these guys, were pretty much depth players. Khalil Ladler started. We'll talk about him in a second. But he started in 2018, but kind of lost his job there. But um, you know, power five guys when they're grad transfers, these guys may have been able to go to a different power five school and slot in as starters, but they decided to go to Tech instead. You know, so. I think that says something, like you said, Daniel, about um, really just the the depth of talent that we have and the ability to put players into the league. Because um, I think Ben said something about like ten to fifteen players are currently in NFL camps right now, and you know a, a bunch of those guys are on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, just I think those guys. I, I don't know if they've said anything publicly about that being part of their um, inspiration to come here, but. It can't hurt, right, to see two guys get drafted back to back and then be like, "Oh, I was thinking about going to that school. Let me go there." But yeah, we haven't even mentioned the the defensive back field. Is that what you say? We haven't even mentioned nope. the guys who are still here <laughs> that are defensive backs. We have Christian Archangel, Broderick Calhoun, Jaden Cole, Zach Hannibal, Colin Hurt, C.J. Johnson, Caleb Knighton, Charvis Thornton, McCoylius Turner, and B.J. Williamson. Some of those names you may have recognized. A lot of them you probably didn't, but they're I just, here to Can I just say that you. I love the name Christian Archangel? I feel like I yeah, mentioned this on the show before, but like... That's excellent. Like, just sounds like he's going to swoop down and like, I don't know, recap Murder everybody. Or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then ascend to heaven. Tr- trigger the second coming or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Get a little deep. Yeah, I mean, we've already talked a little bit too. Like, we lost Amik and Ladarius to the NFL draft and then a bunch Who? of other seniors as well. Uh, Sneed, his last name is Sneed. That may be what you, what you know him for. Um, but like, not only were they just household names, they were like very good players and that's how they got to be household yeah. names. Uh, James Jackson and Daryl Lewis are two guys that also played a ton of football for us. And even though they didn't get drafted, we'll definitely miss them in the secondary as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, this is probably the position that I'm most concerned about because we still have guys who've played a lot of snaps, right? There's BJ Williamson, um, Jaden Cole, Zach Hannibal. They've played football for us, right? But like, 
you're missing those two key, key guys at the quarterback slash safety slash back to quarterback or whatever position. And I just don't know if we've got another anyone that even comes close to a meek. You know, obviously we don't have another meek because he's one of a kind, but like it's just tough to see where some of this production is going to come from, you know? Well, according to the NCAA 14 ratings that uh, we tweeted out earlier this week, uh, Tech's number one quarterback is Zach Hannibal. So, I mean, it, he has a 77 overall. That sounds pretty good for a for a cornerback, right? But like to be serious, he's a redshirt senior, and I didn't recognize the name Zach Hannibal. But looking back and uh, looking at the stats he pulled up, he was pretty good. And when Meek sat out the Independence Bowl because he was going to go get drafted, Hannibal is the one that played in a Meek spot. And yeah. yeah, Miami was not a good team. And like, <laughs> no, we shut out a, yeah, we shut out a P5 school, but like, it still feels like there's an asterisk on that. But you don't shut out even Miami in that game without both corners playing really well. And so Hannibal, whether or not he's a lockdown corner or whatever, he played well enough to help Tech beat Miami. And to me, that's enough to give him the benefit of the doubt. Never. Yeah, and he's played in 36 games for what it's worth. So yeah. like, He's not, he's not coming in like super fresh here. Um, and you know, from, from what we've heard from camp so far, he's going to be a starter. So, I mean, um, and also we should mention that, uh, DJ Brown just joined the program, I think a week ago or so, maybe 10 days ago, by the time this comes out. And, uh, he hasn't really had a chance to participate in full practice yet because of the, um, uh, quarantine window and you know everything else that's going on right so uh he may be more of a factor later on in the season but i wouldn't expect him to come in the penn state transfer to come in and uh and start like week one at baylor yeah i mean i think hannibal is definitely a great pick for somebody to keep your eyes out for um i'm excited to see a couple of the younger guys Jaden cole and bj williamson um coming in at safety Cole played a bunch of football for us last year in rotation with Snead and Lewis and Jackson, but he got hurt um, somewhere around halfway through the season and, you know, kind of missed the rest of the year. But he was a huge recruit uh, recruit several years ago, back in 2017. And, you know, he chose us over some P5s, and I think he even, like, went for an official visit at Notre Dame and still chose to come to Tech, so... That's pretty cool. idiot. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, hopefully we'll actually get to see him kind of grow into what his expectations um, or what our expectations for him have been. So um, and then BJ Williamson also played in all 13 games as a redshirt freshman last season and started four. Uh, so I'm expecting huge things out of him this year, um, even with uh you know especially since the safety depth chart kind of cleared out above him but even with these other guys we're talking about you know Ladler from Virginia Tech and Jaden Cole I think BJ Williamson's going to be you know not quite like uh Xavier Woods level but like he'll be a mainstay of this defense that's that may be my pick for uh for standout player here in a few weeks when we put out our blog you said few you say a few weeks. The season starts in 2 for Tech. So. Oh, all right. Well, I guess I got to start working on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you mentioned Ladler a second ago, cause he's the last guy I want to talk about really quickly. Um, another grad transfer and I've been really hyping those up today. Um, uh, but he comes from one of the inferior techs, uh, Virginia tech, 
but at for the Hokies, he had 11 starts under his belt and a 39 game appearances, but he was going to lose his uh, starting job this year. So he left and grad transferred over to the better tech, Louisiana tech. Um, and I really think he wants to prove the Hokies wrong. Like you're going to give my starting job to somebody else. So tech versus tech in bowl game confirmed. Yeah. He's, he's, he's playing too. So yes. Yeah. And the independence bowl, we will play them in the independence bowl. No, I think we have to play a different one because we have to no. play a different bowl game each year. Oh, yeah. damn it. So we'll spread, do the, spread the uh, wealth, you know? We'll do the orange bowl this year, I think. Yeah. Hell Dibs. yeah. Dibs hey, Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl. <laughs> yeah, Let's actually, go. Actually, no, I don't think we can do the can orange bowl without me that? crying about 2012. We go stay Bro. with we go stay with Judge Drudy and Pasadena. Yeah, no, let's go to the Rose Bowl. The Pac-12 and Big Ten aren't playing, so they're going to be looking for replacements, you know? Let's we go. Can, let's make this happen. Let's make Drew. Drew Alligator f- House Spencer. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, so I mean, I think about Ladler, like you mentioned, he w- he'll want to prove Virginia Tech wrong. I think I think the dude wants to get drafted too, right? Like he's coming to a place where someone just got drafted from this position. So it can happen, right? So, I, I mean, he's proven that he can make plays. We talked about when he transferred in, how he – he had like two back to back, like fifth and sixth overtime. He stuffed the run or something like that. I mean, so he he can play. He's a baller, played in thirty nine games. I mean, I, I'm excited to watch this guy. And I think, like you said, he's going to come in with the chip on his shoulder. And those tend to work out for us, you know, grad transfers with chips on their shoulder, like Jeff Driscoll, right? Yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah, was yeah, he's, pretty, he's, he's still playing in the NFL today because he came to Tech. <laughs> Yeah, so we've made our way through the defense, and only because we figured this episode would be shorter than last episode, we put the special teams as part of this one. Maybe wrong Pathetic. about that, looking at how long we've been recording. <laughs> but I think we should do a, a whole episode devoted to the kicker battle that's going on in camp right now. We've I mean, like, it's a joke, like but we could. six kickers on the roster. Like, what the hell, man? <laughs> Is one of them us? <laughs> yeah, you're actually on the team now, Matt. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, get your ass back to Rusty, man. Skip is very uh, upset with you. Well, I I know where he lives, and I've seen. He where shook he your hand, man. He did. He shook yeah. all of our hands. That's what he was saying before he shook your hand. Was by shaking my hand, you're agreeing <laughs> to join the team in 2020 as a kicker. In seven and a half years, <laughs> your pa- your pasty fat white ass better be <laughs> at my camp to kick a ball. Yeah, because Tech has lost Bailey Hale as kicker to graduation, so they need someone to step up, and maybe it's you. Is um, Kyle Fisher available? <laughs> also, no. Uh, and then Tech also lost, again, long snapper as a position. I was reminded recently on Twitter by Tech's starting long snapper. Tech lost another long snapper in Kyle Conrad. He's just not on the roster anymore. Not really sure what happened to him. What uh, Who is the presumptive starter at kicker this year? That's a good question, and we'll have to get yeah, into that in a I, second. I don't think we know the answer to that. <laughs> yeah, because here's who Tech gained. We have Garen Bonoil. Bonoil? Boniol, I think. Boniol? Yeah, his, his dad was a kicker. I think we talked his about dad, him a while back. Yeah. His dad won like two or three Super Bowls as the kicker for the Cowboys in the 90s. Yep. Yeah. Um, yep. So his son comes on over to Tech as a true freshman. We also have another true freshman, Logan Klotz, from Slidell, but not Slidell High School, unfortunately. And okay, where did he go? He went to uh, the Catholic oh, School. Oh, John Paul, look at that. Nice. We got a North Shore player on the roster, too, so we're really, uh, <coughs> we just need a Salmon player. Yeah, to, really representing the Dirty Gal over here. We, we <laughs> don't need a Salmon player. Um, <laughs> You're right. And then, 
<laughs> and then and then finally in terms of players gained uh gabe simonak who's a grad transfer so i'll hype him up for a little bit um from cal is where he was what and the then fuck? still here we have the punter brady farlow jacob barnes baby boy barnes uh reeves blankenship the long snapper the guy who called me out on twitter and noah white also he called you out on twitter yeah, I made a joke when tweeting the NCAA 14 stuff out that centers and long snappers were the same position. And then he said, well, then why am I even on the team? Which is... Because <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, like he's was... not in... The, the volunteers that created those NCAA 14 rankings didn't include him. Oh, and so no. they just have the starting center hey, as the starting long snapper. We we, we love and support you, Reeves. Like, and Chip, which I also love his name. He sounds like a butler from like england or something i don't know we're just he's shitting like, on him more <laughs> he's got like a cool a name man that's all i'm saying but uh yeah if you watched the um the game from last night the central arkansas austin p game austin p's long snapper was out with like covid protocol stuff and let me tell you centers and long snappers are not the same because that dude they had like a linebacker doing the snaps or something and he just he just like threw it 50 <laughs> yards over the punter set and like dribbled it on the ground the second time so finally they just had their quarterback doing all the punts like from the regular snap so yeah so Reeves you're absolutely right you should be on the team please don't leave us <laughs> Yeah, did quickly comment on that game. I think at one point the starting quarterback had 11 completions and six punts. So, <laughs> wow, that was a fun game yeah. to watch. Yeah, great. Hey, it was football. <laughs> you know, I can't watch shit games like that. And yeah, so that grad transfer I mentioned a second ago, Gabe Semenak, Semenak, Semenak. He has Semenak. a lot of Semenak. IEs in his yeah. semen, semen sack. It's, it's consonant, i.e., consonant, i.e., consonant, i.e., consonant. Yeah. Mr. Seaman yeah. said. Um, he played four years with the Cal Bears. He played all four years. But uh, fun fact, he had more tackles than field goals or extra points. Like attempts or or Was he just kickoff? Either, either one. He was a kickoff specialist. Matt got it. Okay. All right. Um, wow. And that's probably what Tech will use him for as well. Tech struggled last I'm year. Not against that. I'm not kickoff. against that at all. Yeah, I'm not against that at all. The guy's getting a scally to come over and learn free graduate classes to kick four or five times a game. That's easy. Yeah. Hey, I'll play more than that. Let's score more points. Please. <laughs> score more points. Ugh. Yeah, seven or field goals. Forty times a game. <laughs> I mean, I'll take that. Not really sure what I have to trade to get it or what devil yeah, deal Matt I have Nelson to make, but there. yeah. So Seminet got touchbacks on about 50% of his kickoff attempts while playing for Cal, and he averaged 61.5 yards per kickoff attempt. So his average was somewhere between the goal line and the five. Okay. Uh, pretty good. Yeah. Again, I'll take that over what we had last year. So uh, he seems pretty well in place as this is the guy who will be the kickoff specialist. Uh, uh, maybe Baby Barnes upsets him <laughs> in terms of the position battle, but it feels nice to kind of have a guy we can count on to do this duties especially because another special team's duty <laughs> duty is was punting and uh tech was pretty duty at punting last year because brady farlow was no! not, <laughs> not like this <laughs> oh man and, and jokes aside i could i can kind of back that up farlow averaged 38 point yards per, oh. per punt last year of oh. starting punters who qualified and was like you had to have at least like 10 punts and played in 75% of the games or whatever. 124 punters qualified last year. He ranked 122nd. 
Yeah. Oh. And the the guy the number one twenty four is a guy from Akron, by the way. Just in case Jake's listening. Go to hell, Jake. He's probably not. But and and last year it was kind of thought that uh, Jacob Barnes would surplant Farlow at punter because Farlow was really struggling. Uh, they sent Barnes out there to do a couple punts. I don't really remember this, but he was it? I think they keep track of these Marshall. things. That may have been why, because we were at that game, so it's hard to keep track. Sad. <laughs> we just forgot everything that happened. That's yeah. That's West Virginia. Let's see. No, that's a lie. He his first action was against UAB. So ah, I okay, I also wow. that from that one too. Yeah, uh, the two punts that Barnes was given the chance to do, he averaged ten yards fewer than Farlow, and again Farlow uh, was bad, so that wasn't God. great. But Barnes was a true freshman last year, like. Also, it says here on his page that both of those, both of his punts were down inside the twenty. So maybe you're being oh, a little okay. unfair, but That's clearly yeah. he wasn't. Skip would have put him in if he was punting the ball further than Farmer. So I think your point still stands, but, uh, but hey, maybe maybe you know you're right, and this year we'll uh, we'll see some growth out of him. Hopefully, in the leg strength department. Let's hope so. It's not like punter is set in stone either. We're about to talk about kicker, which is really bad. But I mean, I would expect Barnes to be the punter this year at this point. Yeah. But it's strange though. Is he, I I'm confused. Is Barnes typically a place kicker? So the roster this year, um, everyone except Semenak, the grad transfer is listed as a kicker slash punter. Interesting. Okay. Including Brady Farlow. So I think it's a leg as a leg. <laughs> if yeah. get, okay. You can be on the team, try to get better at field goals, try to get better at punts, and whoever happens to be the best at either one are the ones that start at those positions. Tech hasn't had a good punter since uh, Ryan Allen, for God's sake. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been a kind of a revolving door of just like subpar punting since, <laughs> you know, what, nine years ago now? Go eight, nine yeah, years ago? It's been so. a fair, Ferris will of poop. <laughs> Yeah, and then we also have the true freshman, the guy from Slidell that we didn't talk about all that much because, I mean, I don't think any of us really knew all that much about him. Klotz, um, or Klotz, or whatever, if we're going to mispronounce everyone's names, might as well do it intentionally. Um, we don't really know anything about him, but maybe he wins the job. You never really know. So I guess I'm curious, once we play Baylor, to see who, who trots out there at quarterback and then who trots out there at kicker. Yeah, I mean, that that's kind of something that we might not know, and shoot skip may kick like three different dudes in that game just to see how they respond to you know if if we if we go out for you know three 30 to 40 yard field goals maybe we see three different guys just to see how they uh act in in game you know in a game pressure situation yeah hopefully one of them will actually win the job though that's what i'd rather but right now it's looking like that might not happen yeah, you send one guy out there if it's like odds, like a 25 yard or a 27 yard, and you send another guy out there if it's evens, or you have a one <laughs> left hash kicker or one right hash kicker. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, you're the new special teams coach. Whatever you say goes. All right, guys, we're totally fucked. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's fair. I, I hope it's not fair. Man, I... <laughs> But, I mean, that pretty much wraps it up for the team. We've been through pretty much every position. I say pretty much just in case we forgot one and so a player doesn't tweet at me. But Wait, before, before, you, before you transition here, who are you guys most excited to watch on the defense? Like, if you had to pick one player that you are excited for this season, who would it be? Zeke. Zeke Barnett. Yeah, I mean, that's a good choice. Yeah, Zeke. 
And it's not, it's not just because we're best friends. Uh, <laughs> I, I think he's a, I, he's a really good player and he's got a, he's got an opportunity to make a big impact this year. So he's my guy. Nice. Yeah. You got I've got to say Milton Williams. Like I realize it's one of the few starters returning and he had a very good year last year, but before last year, it was kind of a, well, maybe this guy will be good. He's shown well in practice and stuff. We'll see if he's actually as good as he looks in practice. And it turns out he was, and now he's gaining leadership responsibilities. He's another year older, longer with the program. Like I expect him to step up even more and really become maybe even probably not to the level of Jalen Ferguson, but I think we'll start hearing, wait, this guy may get drafted in the future if he keeps this up kind of thing. I think that's my expectations, even though they're pretty high expectations for Milton Williams. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm excited for him as well. You know, he is one of those two mainstays coming back that you gotta, you gotta figure he's going to take steps forward. Right. And not, not steps back. So hopefully you're not damning him by picking him here. He just did. (laughs) That's my thing. Isn't it? Uh, I think I'll say Willie Baker. Uh, you know, because at the very least, we're going to see improvement out of him from last year. But I really think he steps back into the defensive end role and really shines on that on that front. And I, I think we'll see him get a, get quite a few sacks this year and be a like, width on the line. I feel like Willie Baker's been at Tech longer than the brick for the first graduate's been at Tech. <laughs> I mean, it feels like he's yeah, been I mean, there so long. I feel like he was like the first huge recruit we got ah, at yeah. the deck, right? Yeah. Like, uh huh. Yeah. I mean, now he's he's the gonna be a redshirt senior, right? So, God damn it, Nathan. <laughs> the hill was definitely not better. You can't camp out <laughs> in a hill with no power when or when you That's, don't have power. You can't Are camp you in can't? a building. That's not camping. You have to be outside the camp. Wow, you just got fucked. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean. I guess uh, I guess Trey Bolton had to set up his grill outside, so the hill would have been better for him. Yeah. To be fair, <laughs> doesn't die of carbon monoxide poisoning. <laughs> to be fair, camping inside the deck with all the glass sounds kind of fun. Yeah, and now you just go out there. Okay, spending the night in the deck <laughs> sounds fun because the letters light up at night. That's your nightlight. And then you get up and you go take a pee and it's 3 a.m. And you go out there and you just stand and you're looking out the glass with your hand against it with a single tear trickling down your cheek. Eating a Krabby Patty. <laughs> Eating a Krabby What? Because <laughs> it's 3 a.m. Oh, boy, 3 a.m. <laughs> go get my fresh jar. Go get my fresh jar of Hellman's. Oh, man. Well, nope, you ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> Mayonnaise. All right. Our society's going downhill so fast. Indeed it has. And a lot of that society going downhill is due to Twitter.com. And so that transitions us into our Tweet of the Week this week. I don't get to pick a favorite player. Oh, well, never mind then. I (laughs) retract my transition. (laughs) You you go for it, man. Who's your favorite player? Which which jersey are you buying? Well, since you can't buy jerseys for players that are currently in school, I'm not going to be buying his jersey, but... Uh, we've got representatives from the D-line and the linebacking core here, so I'll go with the secondary. And I'm really torn between you know one of the newcomers we're getting in and one of the guys that I'm excited to see get a broader role. But ultimately, I'm going to choose Jaden Cole here because from what I've heard, he's really taken Ladler coming in. And you know maybe it's a situation where you expect the grad transfer to come in and be a day one starter. Uh, but Jaden Cole, by all accounts, is kind of making 
the coaching staff question that, you know, like he's been around this program. He knows the defense. He's uh, he's excited to take a leap forward. And from what I'm hearing out of practice, he is doing that. So uh, I'm going to say, look out for Jaden Cole. I expect big things from him this season. All right. Then I- nothing to transition from Nathan. That is true. <laughs> One last thing to do before we go, though, is the Kusa tweet of the week. This time, it actually feels more like a Kusa tweet of the week because this week it goes to Jared Roche, Rostush. What? Rostusher? Rostusher. R O S D E U T C H E R. Ross Deutscher? Yeah. He he has his last name as his Twitter handle, so he there's probably not very many people with that last name. Ross Deutscher? I hardly know her. Yes. <laughs> so this tweet, he's replying to at Kusa BBS. Kusa BBS says that it appears that CBS Sports Network may have purchased the 10 Kusa games away from the NFL Network um, because the Conference USA media schedule, uh, televised schedule, dropped this week. And Jared responds, not saying his last name this time intentionally, he responds to Kusa BBS saying, The G in Kusa stands for good TV deals. Uh, uh. And he has a point. Why do I yeah. like this team? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going on with the NFL Network games. We're supposed to have three more years left on that contract, but I guess they, I don't, I don't know. Rather play Patriots highlights for the umpteenth time. What well, you mean Tampa Bay highlights now? Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that about wraps it up for this episode of the GoTech Please and Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or head to our blog where we'll have the season preview post up next week. So not yet. So go oh, ahead and mark it and, uh, and schedule your reading ahead of time at gtpdd.dog. And also one more thing that's going to come out this week before the next episode that I don't think I've told anyone on this call about yet is we'll have a video on YouTube up that I'm working on and been working on for a bit. And what? it's kind of exciting to release. So YouTube is a website. But until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Daniel. I'm Matt. And go tech. Please don't die. Please. You, Luke Anthony. see two guys get drafted back to back and then be like oh i was thinking about going to that school let me go there they only came because i was trying to think of an obscure reference but i'm struggling i think we're all struggling today yeah (laughs) we're all no they just wanted to go to ruston to go to the i don't know see the two-ton cobbler go to to eskimos (laughs) go to to eskies I really hope that two-ton cobbler doesn't exist anymore or else. (laughs) It's it's actually being sold in a three-ton refrigerator that's keeping it in.